This is the Shed End View podcast. Hello everyone, welcome to the very first edition of a brand spanking new weekly podcast all about New York City AFC. My name is Gareth McCullough. I'm Ali McKenzie. Our aim is to take a sideways look at the club and the people in it. We'll be talking about the most recent games, previewing upcoming fixtures and speaking to the people who make things tick at the showgrounds. Most importantly, we'll be getting the answers to all the big questions. Questions such as, is Adam Foley the sexiest man in Irish League football right now? And just how big are Andy Coleman's biceps? You can contact us via our social media accounts, which we'll publicise at the end. We want to hear your feedback for you to tell us what you want to know about the club. But first up, we have a special guest joining us each week. First up's a man who needs no introduction, but we'll give him one anyway. He's a man who's led nearly to four promotions in five seasons since the club reformed in 2013. It's pretty much Mr. Nuri City, and the person who seems to be in a non-stop mission to get as many of his family members named on the bench. It is, of course, first-team manager Darren Mullen. Welcome, Darren. Thanks for taking the time out of your busy schedule to join us for our maiden podcast. No problem. Thanks for having me, lads. So, we're recording this on Thursday night ahead of Saturday's huge match at home to Ballon Mallard. Um, before we look ahead to that game, we'll talk about Tuesday night's 3-1 victory against Knock Breda here at the showgrounds. Um, First goal from Mark Kelly, uh, one was returned for Decky Carvel, and another from Mark McCabe. Three points in the bag, which is the most important thing, but a much improved display will probably be needed for Saturday. Is something you'd probably agree with? Yeah, I thought it was patchy enough. Good start um, with Mark obviously getting his first goal, and then um, we looked as if we were going to push on. But as with many of our games this year, as I'm sure you've seen, we didn't. Um, then it became a scrappy affair, scrappy equaliser, and wasn't too happy at half time. Um, second half. It was better. Um, couldn't have been much worse, probably, than we've, we we finished the first half. But uh, second half was better, and it was just a matter of taking our chances. But yes, in terms of this weekend, it has to be a lot better. That said, it was you know, um, it was better than the Heart of the Wolf game, the last game, home game that we had, and he obviously had maybe a bit of tiredness from the Dungannon game. So taking those factors into account, but no, shouldn't have any excuses for this this Saturday. And well, I think everybody knows it's a huge game. I think a, a good thing about the other night's game as well was the amount of chances that were created. Mm-hmm. That was good. Obviously, we didn't take all of them, but it was it was good to see the team creating those chances again. It was, yeah. Apart from Dagny Carroll's horrendous. Um, two of them. Yes, yeah. two. Yes, absolutely. Technically, technically yeah. a third because he headed yeah. one over the bar in the second half as well. Yeah, well, it's good to see he's improved from he come back. He was, <laughs> you know, three or four sitters in the game now. He's only two the other night. So, uh, yeah, good to get him back. And delighted for him that he got a goal at the end of it because... He was beating himself up a wee bit uh, at half-time and uh, yeah, it's good to have the big man back. It was funny after I said to him after the match on Tuesday that um, you know, because it was quite it was quite a sort of flat atmosphere, you know, it was a sort of a game that your supporters nearly expecting you to win and weren't exactly sort of you know, you know, dragging the team through the victory around. So it was sort of one of those ones where you score a goal and you expect the boys just to walk up and give each other a high five and a bit of a hug and Decky ran away a celebrating like he just scored the winning goal in the cup final. Like, you know, really just like, yeah, it's just because it was crap. No, I, I think so. it's just a sense of relief more than anything after those yes two what he's been reminded of on more than one occasion this evening the training those horrendous misses um, I mean big Mark Mark Kelly obviously he missed the Dungannon game um, from obviously being away but I mean get his goal get his goal early on sort of settle them it's nice you know I mean he's not maybe going to score you 20 goals a season but brings does a lot with bringing all the people into play but he took his goal really really well which is great when you've when you got somebody who's big and physical can lead the line but can put the ball in the back of the net the way he did yeah probably since Molly was left we haven't had that physical presence up front um, and Mark's someone we've been trying to get for a couple of years um, not fully fit yet because he's missed the early part of the season um, but you can see him growing into games and what he has done is 
bring other players into into the game. You know, I've told him already. Look, don't worry if you don't score as long as you're you're bringing other players into the game. We're winning. For him personally, yes, he should want to score like any striker. But he's been really good um, from from his come uh, come into the club, and you could see even Saturday last week we liked that wee bit of physical presence up up front. So, yeah, he's fitting around to go again for Saturday. Darren, what difference do you see in the championship this year compared to two seasons ago? Not not a whole lot to be honest, because it's still really difficult. It was really difficult two year. Probably the standard has, has got higher, like with with most leagues as as they, they evolve, the teams are, are are difficult. You know, it's different from last year. We had Lauren here with the obvious runaway leaders. Um, you know, Portadown seem to have learned um, over the past two years what's needed to to go and, and get promotion, and they look you know obviously uh, favourites for it. Um, after that, it's a case of anybody can beat anybody, and and that has been the case. Um, you know, even two years ago it was the same. It just needs that wee bit of consistency. Now I think we're on our, our sixth game unbeaten in the league and you have to have that consistency if you have any aspirations of, of going forward. But it's a mad league. It really is. You know, it, it doesn't. There's no point in looking at the league table to see who you're, where the team you're playing is because every game's a difficult game. Even the R9 Nakbrida uh, made it difficult. So a really difficult league. But, um, you know, when you think of where we were, you know, four or five years ago, you were delighted to get to it. So... Is the flip side of it where you've been in the Premiership last year and you're down to get back to it, but it's still it's still a good standard of football. We just need to make sure we improve in, our, in terms of consistency. The uh, relegation hangover is a bit of a cliche, but is it something that you think was felt at the club at the start of the year? Because I suppose the previous four or five years had all been promotions or staying in the same league. I suppose a fair enough point when you look at our results. Um, you know, I didn't feel like it because we had, we had new players in and we, we had everybody geared up to go and, and get at it. Um, you know, when you come back down, um, you're a big scalp for, for people. Uh, I was watching the first game again against Harlan Wolf in preparation for playing them recently and we were shocking. We, we were absolutely terrible that day. You know, they, they, they beat, us, beat us well. Um, so that that should have been a wake up call that we you know we probably didn't need because we certainly didn't come in it with any arrogance thinking yeah look like we got straight back up I knew it was how difficult it was going to be and it, it has proven that but um, the only thing I can say is you know if if it was a hangover hopefully that's gone and and we're now realistic enough to know that we're in a real dogfight even to get you know a second place in terms of in terms of hangovers like we've all pretty heavy hangovers like a four month one's a that's, yeah. that's a heavy one with the look ever 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 won that long. Um, in terms of I mean looking at promotion chances, I mean I actually I remember I look at the table actually just as the match started on Tuesday night and was thinking we're actually still in with a shout here, you know what I mean? Probably had it in the head like a lot of supporters to be honest, going, eh, not not convinced here, you know, I think of letters has too much to do, which you know, that may turn yeah. out to be the case, but you sort of thinking, ah, it's dead and gone. But actually even before the win the other night it's ridiculously close. You know, you're obviously what ten ten behind Ballon Mallard with a game in hand and playing them on Saturday. Does that mean you're hating too much? I'm sure, you don't want to hate too much pressure on the players, but that's how big this game is, where you can close that gap to potentially four, obviously with including the game in hand, um, and then you know you have to play them again after the split day. Everybody plays each other in the top half. I mean, to be stressed, how sort of important that is, or the boys know actually just how important that game is. Yeah, we spoke about it, and I think the players should know because. It's alright having games in hand. You know, you need to win them, but we have to be beaten Ballon Mallard. Um, you know, it's 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 alright saying right. We won our games in hand. We play them twice, and to give ourselves a realistic chance, we have to be taking points off um, Ballon Mallard. Um, you know, so I, I don't put 
too much pressure on the players but at the same time they should realise they're playing at a level of football where there is automatic pressure and you know they can see the importance of the game on Saturday they shouldn't need lifted um, but it's how you handle the pressure you're now at a level of football the second tier in the Irish League and it was the same as last year you know good players should thrive on, on that pressure as a manager you try and take as much pressure off them and, and say look you know I, I know that'll take the brunt of any, any criticism but players should be proud enough and, and um, you know worry enough to know the importance of the game on Saturday In terms of just that, that game with regards to obviously two big games in the space of what three, three or four days one of them going 120 minutes um, obviously Stevie Mung didn't play all the night Kevin McCardle um, didn't play uh, engines only come off the bench um, John McGovern's obviously had injured in terms of sort of squad for Saturday what are you what are you sort of looking at in terms of are, are any of those boys going to be available to come back obviously John McGovern isn't uh, John's out uh, Moner trained tonight should be back QZ looks like he's going to be out for a couple of weeks with um, a back injury yeah. um, so one, one two out and one, one back in but that's the benefit of, of having your squad, you know, and I, I don't, I'm not, I've never been one to look for excuses in terms of injury or whatever. I'd rather just deal with whoever we have. That's right, okay, he's out, the next person comes in and we deal with it that way and, and you prepare the team as, as best you can. You know, it's not as if it'll be a weakened, really weakened team on Saturday. Look, you'd love to have a full strength side, but every manager has to deal with injuries throughout the year and, and you know, there's certainly be no excuses for me behalf on Saturday. Well, is there something that you probably, and I say, like, not, not to make an excuse, but yet you probably had you know times where you've had to juggle and you've had to sort of make a lot of changes, a lot of enforced changes this season. Is that something that probably maybe more so than it seems to me maybe it's more so than, than previous seasons? Yeah, I honestly can't remember us having a full squad, mm. um, at, for any game, um, and that that doesn't help. You know, with that that comes down to it's amazing you need a wee bit of luck. We have all your players staying fit. Sometimes you see teams that win leagues and they only use you know 18 19 players throughout the year and if everybody kept fit um we haven't managed to do that but that's why you you, you sign up a, a big enough squad that hopefully is good enough to cope with those injuries and it gives other players an opportunity to come in because it's very difficult to put to change it around and doing well and give other players a chance when the team's doing well and you have a fully fit squad it's maybe only through our people's misfortune that someone else has got a chance and they go and take it so i, I would expect anybody that's coming in saturday should it be the team of the squad to to impress and that's the thing I've been saying to, to anybody that maybe hasn't been happy not playing or only playing a bit part, you have to make an impact. You know, should it be 15 minutes or 5 minutes or 30 minutes, you have to do something in that period of time that I'm going to remember for the next game. Yeah, he came in and he done well. You know, don't come knocking at my door if you've been put on and you haven't done anything. Yeah, I suppose one of the highlights for the fans this season was probably the win away to Ballon Mallard. Um, can't remember when that was. That was, it was just like forever ago. October. October, Darren's 250th game. That's right, yeah. Last minute winner. That was a, a fantastic win, and they've beaten us down here. It, you know, there isn't much between the teams, like you said, this this season. What going ahead on Saturday? What's your thoughts for this kind of game? I've watched uh, you know footage of Ballon Mallard's recent game, and, and they're they're strong throughout. You know, it's it's not like you would have four or five players that you would instantly pick out as, as a unit they're very strong you know Harry will have them well organised um, you know, they did really well last year getting to, to the Irish uh, Cup final and it built on from, from that and obviously learned again from last year after, after coming down and spent a year in the championship so they'll be well organised um, you know there'll be very little room for, for mistakes on Saturday it'll, it could go well come down to who makes the least mistakes you know it could be a wee bit of luck it could be a 
a goal from 30 yards of her but I'm expecting a really tough game but at home against a team that we're trying to catch you know we have to make sure that our game's up to high level In terms of something you've talked about over the course of the last five six seasons is sort of the morale in the change room or the team spirit in the change room and you know whether you've got a good change room and how important it is um, I suppose I, I did, did laugh when we came down last week for Declan Carville um, being announced as the, the new signing and, and our esteemed captain Mark Hughes saying I hope you've got your earmuffs with you because uh, you know if you're going to speak to Declan I'm sure Declan will understand if he listens to this you know what the crack is but does that add a wee bit of we would extra personality there's plenty of personalities there but as we would extra personality at, at a key time of the season it does, yeah, and QC's 100% right. The change room is <laughs> a whole lot louder. I mean, he, he was only in and he's complaining about the gear that he hasn't got and all our bits and pieces. He can't help himself, you know. Hope, da- I hope Gary Wills is listening yes, to this. Yes, Daggy is a, a, a woman trapped in a man's body for a large part of the time, you know, and he, not, he knows where I'm coming from with that. But uh, yeah, look, Daggy's been brilliant for us and it was one that I was delighted to, to get him back. You know, it was fair play to David, David Jeffries. He, he honestly didn't want to let him let him go, but we'll see Daggy having the... the the baby on the way, you know, it, it, it made a big difference to him. He, he enjoys his football here and I was delighted for him scoring the other goal the other night um, after his two horrendous misses. <laughs> yeah, it, it gave an instant lift. I think the other night, his first home game, everybody was excited to see him back on the ball again. And You know, Decky was such an important player for, for years down here. It was mm-hmm. sad to see him go, so it was amazing to see him actually come back. It was, yeah, I was I was glad for him when, when he went in, in a way. You know, I know the circumstances at the time, you know, it wasn't the way anybody um, wanted to finish, but... Forby that, you know, after, even the next week after I spoke to him and, and about his options of where to go to, you know, and I told him to, go, to grasp it with, with both hands, you know, he was going to play for an Irish League legend, it was a great opportunity for him, you know, he's, he's taken has played in front of 35,000 fans at, at Malmo. Um, he's going to say against Carrick in the playoff a couple of years ago. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 500. Um, but uh, yeah, look, he's a great experience there you know and those are memories that live from you know, you know forever so he has gone and done that and, and come back to us and we're yeah we're delighted to have him because he's, he's a really big player for us in terms of just go back to sort of the, the characters in the change room um, I mean you've obviously played to you know a, a pretty good level yourself back back in the day quite quite a while ago we'll not go back we'll not delve that far far back <laughs> yeah. in the, in the history no, there's no footage of it this <laughs> <laughs> is one of those only sunny sunny uh, things uh, but I mean you know, in terms of characters that you've either played with, but more so, obviously, we're focusing on your East City here. You know, who's who are the sort of biggest personalities you've had down at this club during your time as manager? In terms of, I suppose they don't always necessarily have to be the best players, but generally the biggest slabbers are are the sort of are the guys that need yeah, to back it up on the pitch. Up. I mean, if you could name a couple of two or three boys and as to the impact they've had in the change room and and why. What, what they were like to manage I suppose if you had the pick price off the top of your head Molly immediately jumps in thought that might have been you know, in more, more ways than, than one um, he, I mean he was brilliant for us absolutely brilliant I mean the goals he, he scored I've said it before I don't think we would have had had the success we had without him he was, he was a poacher just exactly what we needed because we were a really good football team we just needed someone at the end of it and he was a player who hated getting beat he was angry he was a nuisance to our teams he was a wind up merchant he, you know he was everything you needed for it, you know, and, and he got away with things as a player that, that most wouldn't, um, you know, and, and I've probably seen him in positions that no manager should should, <laughs> should, should see him, and he's the only player I've ever seen getting showered upside down, um, you know, but he, yeah, he was terrific um, for us, obviously a Christmas man, as, as a young player coming in, um, you know, extremely mature, um, you know, the first captain that we had and, and, and brought us through the ranks, he was, was excellent um, for us. Um, QG obviously coming back engine guys like those that have been around around the block are terrific 
um, for the same students. Obviously, Michael early on, mm. really good. We, we've been very lucky in that respect because I've always looked to find a type of character as well. It's, it can be very damaging for a change room if you're bringing the wrong person into it. You know, even if they are hugely talented, you have to make sure that they'll fit in with us. And it, in fairness, the way we have had it, and it's, it's done a lot of to, to the players too, they have made it an environment where it's a sink or swim. You know, you come in and, and, and you become part of what we're about or, you know, you don't and you leave. And, and in fairness, there's very few people that haven't done that. You know, even throughout the, the, the my 10 years of club, I don't think there'd be anybody that I couldn't lift the phone to or talk to. You know, there's mm. nobody has left under a, in a, in a bad, bad circumstances. So we've been lucky in terms of the the change room, the personalities that we brought in, and that continues to be the case today. In terms of that sort of, you know, the, the sink or swim thing, you know, where, you know, football change rooms are, are widely known, you know, sort of for being sort of tough environments and that, you know, you have to stand your ground and you have to get involved in the battle, you have to take a slagging, particularly with some of those rocket heads that you have in the yeah. current change room. I suppose the likes of, um, to use an example, John, John McGovern, for example, fantastic player, all, all the talent in the world, coming in as a 16-year-old, um, as a kid, sort of coming in that, quite a, quite a quiet lad. How does he sort of fit into that sort of dynamic, I suppose? Um, sometimes your ability speaks for itself. You know, when when people can see on the pitch, you know how good he is and how brave he is. You know that that adds respect. Uh, you mm. know immediately. But um, you know he came in and, and had a rapid rise, and then all of a sudden he was coming to train in his non iron gear, and he was getting tortured. <laughs> at, you know, you're too good, too good to wear Nuri gear. You're too, you can't lift the cones in that type of thing. You know, all in a good good nature way. And John's well fit for he again. He's a mature kid, um, physically and and mentally. You know, so. Um, he, he fit in well but people can see it's, it's and yeah especially now you have to be very careful I know it's what what you term as banter when it change rooms and, mm-hmm. and who does and doesn't fit in you know it's not a case of if you don't fit in or if you're not prepared to take any abuse then you're not part of it it's, ne- it's never like that I think the players are smart enough and good enough to realise you know who, who can you can say what to, to whoever you have to be very careful of that you know but I think if you ask anybody at the club they all, all fit in you know even so-called quieter players they just sit back and laugh at the other mm. eat it or whatever so uh, yeah it's, it's been good F- footballers obviously Roshan McConville down a couple yeah. of weeks ago to talk to the players I mean how in the modern day it's, you know in modern day society it's important but in, in modern day football change room how important is that for you to get that message across to the players that if they need somebody to speak to that there's somebody there yeah I spoke to the players at the start of the season we have a team meeting and I spoke to them look my door's always open and I and, and you know I have like to think I've helped in some way to different players over the years that have maybe different issues um, but it is important and, and going back to that environment in the change rooms that can be very helpful to, to people some people might be suffering at or work or at home and the football can be a huge release to that coming and, 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 and having a bit of crack with lads in the change rooms but there has to be that part where the one to one talk you know people players won't expose their feelings in a, in a group mm. you know but to someone specifically and that doesn't necessarily have to be me all the time it could be one of their teammates or wherever yeah, we brought Oshin in and it was terrific and he said the huge relief it took him years to speak about it but when he did the relief mm. from it and that was the message that I took out of it for the lads you know don't be afraid um, to, to speak and it is a huge issue in, in society now especially with, with men you know it is like an epidemic in certain parts of, of the north at the minute and something needs to be done but that you have to first of all create that environment where players are safe and feel safe enough to come and say look I need to have a chat here because 
player comes in tonight and saying, look, I have a sore ankle. I'm going to go and see Alison. Mm. But I've been feeling terrible for two weeks and I'm doing nothing about it. Yeah. You know, that's, that's more important than any ankle injury. And I've told the guys before, you know, football becomes come secondary to, to, your, to your health. So you'd like to think that you, you create an environment where p- players are safe enough to come and speak to them. But you just, you, you never know. Yeah. You know, there's only so much you can do. And I know, having spoken to, to people who have been involved in, should it be clubs or, or with people who look back and go, what could I have done different? And they couldn't have done anything different. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so much we can do, but at least you're, you're, you're setting up something that you can hope there's a facility there for players to come and speak to people. Yeah, it's like you said before to me, Darren, you're, like, you're not just a football manager these days, you're like a father figure or like, you know, you're getting them out of trouble, you're doing everything. But I suppose the main thing in these days in this environment is to be just another pair of ears for people. Like I'm doing my, my pro license at the minute and the vast majority of it is classroom based in terms of psychology and dealing with players and trying to get the best out of them. And and you can relate to that because yeah, it gets to a point where the tactical end of it is, is only so much. You could have a player who's hugely talented, but if you're not getting inside his mind and trying to make him feel comfortable, you're not going to get the best out of him ability-wise. So you have to make sure he's comfortable enough and feels safe enough and right enough in the right environment um, to, to play. So it's, look, it, it is huge at the minute, but it's knowing, seeing, seeing maybe possible signs and knowing who to pass players on to, because I'm certainly no expert in, in mental health, you know, and, and it's knowing to, to, that there's a pathway. And I think the, the authorities probably admit that there's more they can be doing as well. Is there something that sort of feeds into... Probably since you came to the club, um, and certainly since New York City AFC has been on the go, it's sort of forging this like family atmosphere, you know, in, in terms of, I know that's, that's, that's like a bit of a cliche, but yeah. it generally is, you know, there have been so many new supporters that have come in over the last two years, and they, they get to associate with the players, and they get to associate with yourself as a manager, and the coaches, and everybody just feels like the one sort of thing, you know, does that sort of feed into that, that a new signing, or maybe a young player coming through, that they feel instantly sort of part of that type family, and they feel comfortable in their environment? Yeah, and I think it's something even Mark Kelly would say when he came in. You know, he, he could feel and see that instantly that it was mm-hmm. a real feel good in a, in, in a family club, like a lot of other clubs. Um, you know, and I think people realise you have to do it, and it's something I've said to the players. Right, you might only be passing through the club, but you know, make your mark and make plenty of memories while you're here. We'll try and make it as comfortable for you. But you know, as long as the fans and, and the coach staff can see that you're making an effort and giving your all, you'll be fondly remembered at the club and. I keep saying anytime anybody leaves, they're always welcome back in the showgrounds, and that just that's not just saying that for the sake of it. You know, I love to see lads coming back down and, and watching us. And should you meet someone 10, 15 years down the line, have a beer, then you know at least there's something fond memories you can look back on. Well, that is one thing where we're sitting now up in the viewing lounge every Saturday. There tends to be a former player of some sort, um, and one big thing was when Decky left, he was back whenever he was available. You know, and you you have created that environment for those people. Um, how important do you think it is for local people to really get behind the team now and, and support and create a, like a local fan base? It's vital for, for us as a club because what we don't we, we have a loyal fan base. It's not it's not huge, you know. It's not like your Glentorn and Linfield, and it's never going to be like that because you know in terms of the, the geography and and maybe classes of Gaelic city or wherever it might be, and with the Camel League on a Saturday. So what you're trying to get is maximise the people that are available and, and get them down and, and enjoy it and. If you look at the crowds now in comparison to before, there is a, a you know, a, a visible difference, um, and people do enjoy it. Not everybody agrees with everything in terms of on the pitch, and that's fair enough. That's 
darn, make a change. Yeah. After, you've, after you've already made three exactly, subs. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> you know, like I was, I was at, uh, j- just yesterday, it was uh, an elderly gentleman stopped me. Um, no, hold on, hold on. Was this my dad you're talking no, about? No, 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 no. He, he just shouts me. Sorry, when you said gentleman, I was lost. just an elderly. No, he stopped me and he said, do you know what you need, young fella? Young, so you get young Mullen or young McCall, that's all, because yeah. of Marmon McGrandy, young Mullen, and they say, you need more local players at the club. And I'd say, well, sure, I have all the local players I have. She says, oh, you missed out on young Keelan Morn. I'd say, I could have, <laughs> get 10 players for what Keelan Morn's on at Glentony. And he just says, oh, good luck with that young fella. And away on he went, you know. But um, yeah, the, the fans have been have been, been terrific, you know, turning up in, in their numbers. And it, it, it really is appreciated, you know. And I, because I'm from Newry and I'm, and I'm a fan, I probably feel it more. I'm not saying mm. that any any manager feels it worse that, that I feel it any worse than anybody else. But I'm sort of taking it home with me, and I get it in work, I get it in, in the shop, I get it in my family and my kids, everybody. There's no escape from it, <laughs> yeah. you know. Where if you're managing up the country and you can get in the car and, and come back, it, it might be slightly easier. So there mm. is no escape from it, and I feel more pressure on me into to be successful, um, you know. And that's why it was so emotional that night in Carrick because. I just you could feel everybody's emotion mm. on the pitch. Um, so yeah. yeah, look, it's it's great. The crowds are, are, are terrific, and, and long may continue. And on a match day down here, you probably hear every word from everyone because obviously the crowd isn't like we're not having thousands of people here. You probably hear specific voices in that crowd, and you know who and you know who, <laughs> who they are as well. Yeah, you, you do. Some like yeah, some of it is is funny. What what what's going on? You know, when you when you're when you're in that zone. You obviously don't hear you're thinking of match and you're you're blanking out the odd time you'd hear something and, and yeah, like that one, you know, for for sick down putting our sub on and you're like, <laughs> just not realise if you're talking to subs. <laughs> yeah, you know, so um yeah, look I, I get it. Fans come down and up until a point yes they're entitled to to, to show what they want and I get it that it's it's just a frustration and they want their team to win. So, you know, I, I have never um I've never turned on any fan and, and hopefully you know yep. and I never I never have to because I can understand their their, their frustration, you know, and, and it's 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 well meant in a in a certain about roundabout way. Well moving on to a bit of a, a sort of light hearted segment of the podcast. Um we've spoken to three either current or past players, three players you've managed anyway, and asked them to give us a question each to ask you. Now they remain anonymous unless you can obviously guess who it is and feel free to have a, have a wild guess. But if you answer the question first and then you can maybe All right. work it out. So We'll neither say yes or no if you guess who it is. Well, we might, we might. It depends. I think there's a couple you're going to uh, know. Maybe play it in the obvious. Yeah, yeah. The first one is, uh, well, he, he did say to me, ask him the, the top five players he signed in any order, you know, since you've been at the club. Now, I would say five is probably a, a stretch. If you have to, had to pick three, Pick three, three players you signed for whatever reason. I know you've actually said in the past about you know, that very first team was a massively important team yeah. because you were running about scrambling with players. But in terms of talent, ability, um, you know, I suppose drive, determination, what they brought to the club, you know, who, if you had to pick three, you can feel free to exclude current players if, if, if you wish, if it makes it a bit easier on you. No, it's really, it's still have one or two that's, that's still there. Um, it's one of those questions you don't like answering because you've, you've yeah yeah you've 
you have people there that well, we don't want a fan anyway. No, but if you're if you're pinning it down to certain, obviously, Molly Molly was was huge for us. There's no point in saying any different, you know. And if somebody he probably asked that because he want, would want me to, to say that he was on it. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, the, minute you say, the minute you say it, you say yeah, Molly, because yeah, because I know he's going to say it. Scratch his ego. And he talks about it. Yeah. Jack there. His words were, and if he doesn't say me, you're you have my permission to split him open. Yeah. Molly Molly was the best. Fattest, baldest player I ever, 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 ever played for for, for New York. You could oh, take like a shower handstand. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's an image you can't unsee. Um, he was he was huge for us. Um, <laughs> literally. Yeah, li- yeah, literally. Um, I think um, Boiler. Yeah. Coming in, I think most people that level we were a level where where we were we were good and and ready to push on. I think Boiler signing that time. Um, was was massive because he lifted it up up to a different level. You know, he is has been super. Um, along the back, the third one, that's you know, that's a difficult one. Obviously, you're in there. You have, you know, Jimmy Walker was super first. QZ engine boys like that have been been really good. I'm trying to think back even to to, to earlier lads that that had had an influence. Um, but at a push there, added on, um, really QZy. You know, because he made him, he came in and, and came out of that experience, and he's a real good way about him. Um, he, he's been good for me both on and off the pitch. Mm. Um, Even though he know. yaps quite a lot. Yeah, he, well, look, that's just yeah. Just, he's a Man United fan. He's not that. He just absolutely he loves the club, though, doesn't he? Like you he, see he, that passion all the time. He does, and yeah, you, you have to have that link and and that trust between the the changing room and the, and the coaching staff. And you know, you know, QZ's a good lad in that respect. You know, he'll come and say to me if there's any any issues, and he's good in terms of dealing with people that way. So, yeah, probably those three. Um, second question. I didn't say these were all football related questions. All right. And the person that told me this question says you'll guess straight away who it is. If you get, I, I thought the Molly one was the one that you wouldn't get. And this is quite. A, I know you'll take us the right way because I think you remember the famous uh, fundraising night where yourself and Robbie Casey had a a, a nose off. And this is Ian Carn has asked this question. It's yes. not. It's it actually happen? not. No. Uh, but yeah. why is your nose so big? Was the question he asked? <laughs> I, how on earth do you answer a question? A question I'm not sure. A but question this like, like when, that. when I asked this person a couple of questions, it literally took them about half a second. Yeah. Asking that. Yeah. Look, I, I get my, my kids give me me. Uh, abuse about that so yeah there's no escape but there's absolutely nothing I can do luckily enough yeah I can, I can carry if I face it I can carry it off <laughs> um, so remember what you said just to answer the previous question your third player yeah that said you know I'll probably go for Husey would you like to revise that? Oh uh, right, that right, yeah, that? That's him, yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's all that's he has. Yeah, that's that's all he has on me, you know. Yeah. So dropped yeah. his captain this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> the final question is and I've no doubt you'll get this one straight away. Um if you could be one character out of Phoenix Knights, who would it be? If I could be one character out of Phoenix Knights, oh. <laughs> if it's that's not, if it's not DJ Raymond, uh, then I'll be, be worried. No, <laughs> and there's all sorts of images coming that one there. Um, you know, the girl with the ping pong balls. I don't know. I think uh, was it um, Potter. Brad Potter, yeah, he's funny, yeah, he's funny, and he was, um, 
sort of in, in, in control, not that I'm anyway control freak, but he was he was comical. Um, no, probably one of the two lads doing the door because oh, they Ma- went off Ma- and Max, did, Max, yeah, they went yeah. off and did uh, did their own thing. It was funny. So one of the two lads. Saying, uh, Jervis would probably be a bit more of a Brian Potter character, like especially with his knees and stuff. He'd probably be. He'd probably same shape as Brian Potter. Yeah, all right. Yeah. <laughs> He's probably as mobile as Brian Potter. <laughs> um, uh, can you have any wild guesses as to who might have uh, posed that question? In terms of the Phoenix Knights? No, yeah, the Phoenix Knights question. Who, who, which? Arfala. Correct, right? Yeah. There we go. So, one final question was, is your wife going to be on the bench this week? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we'll just keep keep it to, um, to, to the current family members. Um, and what were the family members again? You had, obviously, Jervis is his manager. Um, Who's your uncle? Yeah, Uncle Alison, who, who had, 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 when I put up a tweet, it was about my niece, Alison. She's... We're twenty years younger than me, or whatever. But um, she's uh, actually my cousin. cousin. Uh, I'm her godfather. Um, so you had my own daughter, who's down as she's down as official kit woman. She had been on the bench for, for three or four games, and then we were playing Queens, and the linesman came. So she has to go. Oh, you're joking. So nobody else puts her off the bench. She's not. She can't be on. What's right? Fair enough. And then uh, Laura has her down in Comet as the, the kit woman. So in the the cup game against Dun Dungannon, there it came up and she says she can go. It's no, she's. Special kit woman. He says, you wind me up. He says, that's Grace Mullen. And I said, yeah, that's Grace Mullen. So then Neil was helping out. Um, and then you obviously have uh, Connor playing. So that's yeah, there is that, that family, family connection. But, uh, Poor Damien McCoy. Poor Damien must have just felt very, very ostracised. He must be worrying for his job now, is he? <laughs> he can have me. If he wants to, if he's that, that worried. But uh, no, it's, it's good. It's good because you have that family link because obviously my grandfather was... was down here in Jervis and Nicholas and Peter all played and you know my other cousin was the club doctor David you know mm. it's it's it shows Newry's not that not that um, big but it's it's uh, it's good you don't treat them any different than than anybody else to be honest because they all everybody gets treated in the same manner I mean the coaching staff get as much abuse as the rest of the players do there's certainly no selective criticism and is Grace pulling her weight as kit woman or oh she is yeah she's filling up water bottles and that and she's come back and Telling everybody in school how, how great she is and that type of thing. She loves it. You know, it's great. She's great, it's great memories for her. You know, she's only 10 and she loves the football and, and uh, coming down, even my other daughters coming down to watch some games. You know, they'll remember that when they're when they're older. I know you get this stage now where you become a completely embarrassing father, um, you know, jumping in on their TikToks and whatever else they're doing. Um, but uh, yeah, look, I know at, at some point in time they'll, they'll you know, realise, look, it's, it's a lot of good memories. In fairness, though, I think Neil's finally found his calling. Like you know, and the fact that he was taking a job very seriously on Tuesday night, he was like picking up cones, laying out cones, picking up bibs and stuff. I mean, it's good to see him finally get involved. Like since he hasn't kicked a ball, and I know. <laughs> he, and he he texted me. He rang me there during the week. He says the physio coming down. What, did, did, they fall, did they fall down the stairs or something? You know, it's not it's not through training or whatever. But uh, look, yeah, Neil's great. He's probably. It's something that Jervis has said as well. He said Neil and Connor probably get more stuck being, mm-hmm. yeah, being rather yeah. and sometimes you do give your own wee, but um, but more stuck. But look, no, Neil's Neil's great. He's been terrific for us. Just if we can, just on, on Neil very briefly. Um, hark back to the game. I suppose it's, it's just under two years ago now. It was Ballyclare, yeah, wasn't yeah. it? Um, one nil down, or what? Like five minutes to go, maybe less. Yeah. Neil comes on, puts his brings his considerable weight to the, to the forward line. Um, Scores one, sets one up. I mean, obviously, like you run the way and everybody's sort of in shock and celebrating, and you're going unbelievable. I remember doing a video interview with him afterwards, and he said that 
um, if our fella doesn't start me next week I'm signing for the cruise yeah. which sadly neither, neither happened no, <laughs> uh, Jordan Owens they didn't even <laughs> didn't need, didn't need another big lad um, after the initial sort of celebrations and you're going I'm a tactical genius here bro, you know, our, fella, our fellas you know I was day in the sun just part of you think afterwards going ah oh, Christ I'm going to have to listen to this for a long time now like does that you get, do you get it in the air going remember that time you, I, I saved your season and got to help get you promoted no in fairness he hasn't mentioned too, too much and I actually got him an image of it and presented him with it at the end of the season Brenton Monaghan took the yeah. picture and we got him I got it um, in large and frame for him um, and he actually scored another goal this year he mm. came on as sub as a draw I think with uh, might have been Nakbeda yeah, at home initially yeah so again Neil, look, Neil's good crack and he enjoys the banter and there are times I have to tell him stop laughing in, in, in training but that's just the type of character he is but he did really well for us even coming back and started him playing centre half for us and he's happy to be involved now mm. he's obviously a kid and another one um, on the way so it, it's a good release for him to get out of it but yeah look he's, he's, a, yeah, he's a good lad and that picture hanging up on his mantelpiece you know whether I like it or not he'll, uh, I'll never be able to forget it So Darren it's, uh, we're sitting in the start of February at the minute fourth in the table Realistically, over the next few months, is you know, is a playoff feasible? Is it something that you are aiming for every day? Oh, we are, yeah. We're, we're you know, we're, we haven't written anything off at, at this stage. Uh, if you're sitting there and asking me, is the season gone to plan? No, you know, I think we should be sitting with, with more points, but it, it, it is what it is. You know, there's a reason for that. We just haven't been consistent enough, and, and you know, all our teams have, and um, but we're still in a, in a position. It's a lot of ifs and buts, but it's still. Realistic, you know, if we if we can take points off of Ballin Mallard and and you know they have to slip up, we have to be ready to to, to pounce on it. So a lot of football between now and, and then, and it has shown should it even have been in um, the old Premier the Premier Intermediate and and this league, you know, where we have been before and we we've been there or thereabouts, you know, maybe not leading or whatever, and and stayed in in the hunt and and produce the goods at the right time. So if we can do that, then great. If we can't, then we just have to learn from where we went wrong this year and try and fix it for next year. Head on, Darren. Um, I think that wraps us up for the first week. Thanks very much for coming yes, on. Yes, Darren. Thanks um, very much. No problem. Feel free to uh, recommend us to any of, any of your players, and if you, th- I would prefer to get some of the uh, inverted commas quieter players on and get them, get them speaking. So I've already spoken to Tucker. I think he's the man. Get a couple of Captain Morgans. And, and, and if you're laughing. if you're looking for for quietly intelligent people to come on your podcast, this will be the shortest program <laughs> in your life. <laughs> well, listen, Darren. Thanks very much, uh, folks. That wraps us up for the first week. Um, I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll post on our social media um, you'll get all the ways to contact us uh, any questions any feedback give us a shout and I hope to have another podcast coming for you very soon